This is a podcast for the dreamers, a place to feel nourished and seen, a place to call in our highest path possible and to explore our desires, hopes, wishes, and dreams. I'm your guide, Emily Elliott. Welcome to The Magnetic Life. Hello and welcome to episode number seven of The Magnetic Life. I am so excited to introduce you to today's special guest. Dr. Jordan Wiggins is a naturopathic doctor with a special focus in women's sexual health. She is revolutionizing the way we deliver, educate, and talk about sexual health, wellness, and pleasure for women. She has been featured in various media publications like Cosmopolitan, City Line, Marie Claire, and Martha Stewart. Jordan has an undeniably magnetic personality and is so evidently in her gifts to the world. It is an absolute true pleasure to be connecting with you today. Welcome, Dr. Jordan. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this topic that is, I think, completely neglected in so much of our healthcare. And um, you're really bringing something forward that's been missing from our female empowerment world. So thank you for being you. Um, Let's start today. Um, Tell me about you. How did you arrive where you are today? So much personal experience (laughs) in trial and error. Um, I had a hormone imbalance, which presented as like anxiety and depression, which would worsen with my cycle. Um, But of course, I didn't know that, right? I was doing a pre-med degree at the time. um, And my options were like birth control or antidepressant. Uh, But there, I just felt like there was something more, something off there that I didn't have. um, Like that those solutions didn't seem to describe the full experience of my, of what I was going through and how at that time I had like no libido whatsoever. Mm. And that's a time where your friends, you know, you're in your early (laughs) twenties, people have great libido and, um, and I just, didn't like desire to do anything was just trying to get through my days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then I ended up finding naturopathic medicine and my naturopath at the time helped me balance the hormones, do that whole thing. And then it was like, Oh, okay. Like, this is what balance feels like. This is what energy, this is what, um, sex drive feels like. Right. I hate that word. Sex isn't a sex is not a drive. It's a reward system, but just speaking. Um, and then I also had pelvic pain. Um, and I think it was mistraining mm-hmm. as an athlete, like rower, figure skater, and not training properly. So I had really, really bad pelvic pain, which was not diagnosed. Um, and of course, if you have pelvic pain, you definitely don't want to have sex. So it took eight years for me to, yeah. And basically this pain would 
come and take my breath away. And it would feel like I was being stabbed between my vagina and my anus. Like somebody was taking a knife and, um, when the doctors couldn't figure it out, then it's just like, well, this must be in your head. The worst. (laughs) The worst. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So just this, like the whole experience of not being believed about my pain, like when they couldn't see it or explain it, then it was, oh, well, this must be in your head. I never wanted another woman to feel like that ever. So that just, you know, my mission to help give women answers for their health, um, especially when it comes to sexual health or cause it's like, if it's anything reproductive or going on <laughs> between our legs, it's like, <laughs> there's a block. It's like there's secrecy. It's like there's shame. Yes. We're not educated properly. Like we were just right. having this conversation before we started about, you know, if we knew then what we knew now about our pregnancies, deliveries, births yes. of our children, like yes. we would do it differently. And we are an extremely educated um, portion of the population, right? Like we know a ton and it's still, still I don't dumb. think adequate. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing is I had had um, a Bartholin cyst surgery okay. where okay. in like, if you know, it's, um, it's kind of like an episiotomy in a way, like you're getting stitches in your vagina, just okay. so you understand. Um, and <laughs> that had happened in my early twenties as well. And they just like cut you open, stitch you. It is so painful. Um, and then they're like, go on your way with no pelvic floor physiotherapy suggestion, like no, nothing. Just like, there you Bye. go. Bye. See ya. Right. And the issue for me is that like the medical gender bias there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because if there was an equivalent surgery that was that much pain, the recovery was that difficult for males, like you better bet that there would be way better protocols and things. Yes. So um, anyways, those three experiences that I felt basically alone, navigating, not supported, not believed, um, until I found the right provider, healthcare providers, um, like my team, Yes, which took eight to 10 years to deal <sighs> with all of that. I didn't want another woman yeah. to feel like that. That is such a noble journey. That is so beautiful to hear. And, you know, kind of like the most powerful humans I know, they take that pain and they they alchemize it into something really powerful and beautiful. So it sounds like you took your struggle, you took your pain, you took your journey and you said, you know what, what can I do with this to help the world? So that is a truly incredible story. And I know how many women you are helping. Like your this ripple effect is going to go on and on and on. So, well, I'm so sorry to hear that the path was so long. I am so amazed to hear about how you've alchemized it. So, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. 
Thanks. Yes. And sexual dysfunction affects one in two women globally. That's wild. That is so high. Mm-hmm. And I think that's underreported personally. Oh, I think totally. it's an underreported statistic because when we say like lack of desire for sex, difficulty yep. getting aroused and staying aroused, pain with sex, difficulty orgasming, like Interesting. that affects a lot more than 50% of women in my okay. opinion. But so- yeah, when we're talking about the world, like we're talking about, this is a global problem affecting billions of women across culture, across race, across sexual orientation. Like it's a massive, massive problem. So when one in two women is experiencing sexual dysfunction, what is the byproduct of that? Like what gets impacted in life by having poor connection to our sexuality? My opinion? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Everything. Like sex and the the libido is a symptom of the problem. It's it's the pink canary. Like that's the title of my book. That's the canary in the coal mine that there is more going on. Okay. Um, More going on with our health. So we know that low libido is re- can be related to hormone imbalance. It can be related to mental health, um, like anxiety and depression, self-esteem, poor immune function. Like Wow. So it's like a chicken and the egg thing because okay. low libido is indicative that other things are going on. It's like that warning light. Sure. As far as our health goes. But... It's also something like being in our sexual power. And I would ask the listeners to think about a time, like think about a time in your life when you were having great sex and what did that feel like? How easy was everything? How much energy did you have? Like it was just things flow at that time, right? Yes. So when we disconnect ourselves from our sexual power, we start to see mental health, burnout, weight gain, dissatisfaction in our relationships, difficulty, like being close and connecting with people in general, like not just our sexual relationships, but women will say like, I'm just not connecting with my kids. Like I'm not present. I'm snippy. I'm short. Um, difficulty making friendships, uh, connected friendships. And it also is impacting our ability to have attract wealth as well. So agree because like our sexual power. And if we want to talk about chakras or Chinese medicine and chi and energy, like that root chakra, our life force energy, like sex, money, power, it's all the same same. thing. (laughs) So when I started, so I have my women's health clinic. Yeah. Health overall. That's amazing. We are, you know, giving women the knowledge that they need to help them with their bodies, their hormone conditions, their mental health, they're looking and feeling amazing and radiant. And then they're saying to me, but my libido 
mm. didn't improve. Okay. So I'm going, hmm, hmm. like what? Hmm. Yeah. What is going on here? Yes. Why is everything else that you came to me improving, but not your libido? That's super fascinating. So I went on this. That was like my next <laughs> journey. Yeah. Like, okay. So not only is this not just me that had <laughs> to, and I just because of the struggles that I have already explained, like I mm-hmm. had a lot of tools and resources and ways to get to get women to help themselves, but it was a mindset thing. Yes. So, you know, when we fix the hormones and everything's good on the cellular level and your libido, like your desire, your arousal, your orgasm, like it's a mindset problem. So that was a whole second journey. But when we look at these women and what they have in common, it's like we were set up to have this problem, set up to be disconnected from our sexuality, our power, wealth, Uh being the decision makers. So, and we can talk about that more if you think. um, I would absolutely love to know what you mean by set up. That is. Yeah. So I see with the women at my women, like at health overall and the women that we work with in the coaching side, the pleasure collective, they, we have this good girl conditioning basically Mm -hmm. when we're little and it's like, you know, smile, don't (laughs) take up a lot of space, be kind, right? Do what you're told. Yes. Don't cry because you're weak. Like just um don't rock the boat. <laughs> yeah, to serve others. And if you have a little girl who is assertive and showing big emotion and everything, like you'll watch people in the room like react to her, right? And they react different than to little boys. So true. So true. Um, oh, boys will be boys, or like they're allowed to play rougher. And it's just like very more permission. Yes, very different. Yeah. Um, and I'm even like I know this and I teach this and I help families like unwind this clock. Yes. Um, but even watching my own, um, like my own conditioning come out as a mother and totally. stepmother. Between boys and girls, sometimes it's like, like actually, my (laughs) stepson needs to get off the couch and help with the dishes, not just the girls, you know? Hands down. So important. So I just like from generationally, we've been conditioned to serve and to overgive and disconnect from our own wants, needs, desires, internal feelings. Like when women have a big decision to make, what do they do? They ask everyone for their opinion. Like they're doing this external survey because what she wants and needs isn't important. And that she's been taught that from society over and over. And when it comes to sex specifically, we're taught like if you want sex, you're a slut. Totally. And it's, we're only given permission for our sexuality 
in a very small, like heterocentric male (laughs) dominated, like you can want sex with your husband in the bedroom with the door shut. It's something that you do, but don't talk about. And whether you orgasm or not, it's really not important. Right. It's very functional, structural, and societal. It's all very heady. Because <laughs> yeah, we're taught reproductive health, which is penis and vagina makes a baby. Yeah. And then that's what people think sex is, but they're missing like so much. They're right. ordering the one item off the menu when really they're at like the biggest buffet of their life. And they're just getting one thing over and over and over. Right. So like, we don't even know <laughs> the capacity of our sexuality or the range of it. So we're disconnected from our wants, needs, desires. We're disconnected from our sexuality and the ways that we're taught to access it is like, for a man's pleasure. Like we're not in the equation. Yeah. (laughs) And then we are also the problem when we don't want the sex that we're having. (laughs) So we just get a lot of like blame and shame. Yeah. So then I noticed in the women that I work with, like a lot of, you know, executives, really, really successful entrepreneurs, that kind of thing. They've taken that conditioning and they're like, I don't want to accept that. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not enough for me. No. Right. Caring about everyone else, not putting myself like that's not enough for me. So then what they do is become super women or what I would call a superwoman. I'm a recovering superwoman. Yes. And that is where we just work harder to compensate. Oh, the worst. Yeah. We get the degrees. We sometimes earn, like we're the higher earner in a relationship. Um, We do all of the work, all of the housework at home and we're exhausted, burnt out, and we are lonely. Yeah. We're resentful. We feel shame that you know, we don't know how to take care of ourselves or if something's going wrong, our self-care is the first thing that we cross off the to-do list. Yes. So we end up just like so exhausted, so resentful, so like just lacking joy. And I'll have women that are on calls with me saying like, you know, I have the degree, I have the job, I have the house, I have the family, and I am not happy. Yeah. The the dream isn't aligning. Something's off, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't know what it is or where to start. And as you kind of support and guide these women through, you know, your programs and your doctoring and your book, like what what is the key? Like what starts to unlock the the happiness, bliss, sexuality, that explosive kind of feeling that we're all aching for? Like where does it start? So focusing on pleasure, if I had to summarize it, which is easier said than done because we've had this generational conditioning. So I'll ask these women, can you rest? And they, of course, cannot rest without, like, if they're taking a bath, then they're 
thinking about the emails that need to be sent or the laundry that needs to be folded, (laughs) right? Or they're having sex, like looking at the clock, thinking of, you know, the 30 things that they need to get done kind of thing. So they can't rest without feeling guilty. Mm, That's a tough one. They don't know how to celebrate. Mm, I was... um, on with one of my coaching clients and she got a huge promotion. She manages a team of um, 300 people. And she's like one of the first women in this engineering company to have this promotion. Um, And it's affording her and her family all these benefits And she's like, I'm not even happy. Like, I can't (sighs) even get excited about this. Oh, my goodness. So by just being so disconnected from our own internal wants, needs, desires. And another thing that we can't do is ask for help. Yeah. Because we've been conditioned like, oh, we need something. Well, I'm just going to work harder or I'm going to sacrifice so that I have it. That's that conditioning, like the superwoman stuff. So when we start to shift things and focus on pleasure and focus on pleasure as a means to better health, focus on pleasure as a means to better sex. Like, and that's the thing people will come to me because they're like, my marriage is going to fail. Like, this is a big problem. I need to do something like we need to have better sex. But what women realize with working with me is the, the good sex, the better orgasms, that's just the beginning. Right. Everything changes. Cause if we can receive in sex yeah we can receive in life we can receive compliments we can receive job promotions yes. we can help from our partners and children this is a um, huge point this is huge yeah because the way we do one thing is the way we do everything it's... so I can, <laughs> I can tell like the kind the kind of sex people are having based on things like a woman's calendar and like how overscheduled <laughs> and overwhelmed she is or right. um yeah it's just we can tell like where you're at in life is will be mirrored with your Absolutely. sexual relationship in the bedroom or a lot of high achieving women it's like okay we're gonna have sex we're gonna schedule it on sunday <laughs> like you know because we need to get it done and check the box and on to the next thing and very like like, masculine right super rigid super masculine masculine when um like the best sex is like let's and sometimes we are very busy and i am a very big proponent of scheduled playtime but like the energy that we're taking into that scheduled time is very different and um like do you think your husband wants to have sex with you when you're like that rigid and that masculine (laughs) no feminine is like 
flow and play and ease and flirting and like, let's play and see beautiful what happens. But super women can't do that. They don't know how to do that. They have been conditioned like from the time they were born to, okay, this, and then this, and then that, and okay, check. And I'm on to the next. And like, there's no sexiness in that. No, it's not inviting. It's closed. It's rigid. Um, So those are some really good points. So you said, okay, so let's say a woman is just not in the mood. You said, number one, learn to ask for help. Is that a good summary? And then number two, are you celebrating small things in your life? Like just allowing yourself to be in your own kind of like joy and bliss. Um, Are there any other super important tips there that kind of take women from that like superwoman mentality into like, could we call it like the goddess mentality? Ooh, Emily, I like it. Yeah. Um, Self-pleasure is huge. Okay. So masturbation, self-pleasure of some form. Now see, again, (laughs) set up to fail, set up to be disconnected from our power because there are so many hangups. I'll get the, well, but that's cheating on my husband, but I don't have time, but I don't know what to do, but that's dirty. I'm going to, I don't know, go cross-eyed or what were those like myths <laughs> that people get told when they're little or go to a religion. Like I went to Catholic school. So having some form of a self-pleasure practice, and this is a range and we have to, because like I just said, there's so many mindset blocks and so many hangups because yeah. like I love writing for Cosmo. Don't do not get me wrong. But if this was as simple as first do this and then do this and then do this, we wouldn't have one in two women struggling with sexual dysfunction. We wouldn't have the divorce rate as high as it is. We would be like connected, fulfilled, seen, turned on, energetic, happy with our weight and health. Um, So it's not, it's, I'm saying it simple, but I just also want people listening to know that like, if you have massive hangups around these things, it's okay because that's how you were conditioned. Yeah. You just need help to get over it. Yeah. Um, Cause if it was as easy as like, okay, self-pleasure. And then like I said, <laughs> a super woman's going to go, okay, I need to masturbate once a week. Check. Like, no. That's not yes. the point, right? Like it's that whole so vibe, true. it's not the point. Being in the masculine is not the point. We need to learn to be in the feminine, surrender, flow, trust, love, open. And what do you think? Like if someone's having a really hard time, like turning from the like mechanical brain and the masculine brain into like, oh, go and self-masturbate. Is there kind of like this, middle strategy to reinvite the feminine. So maybe something like, um, dancing or singing, or just something that kind of helps activate the body a little more to kind of get people across the spectrum. Like, do you ever feel like people are like, so I just went from a boardroom to like self-pleasure. Like, is, is there a nice middle that kind of helps people that are feeling like, Hey, Dr. Jordan, I don't know if I can make the jump that fast. (laughs) Yeah, we are. There are so many things that you can do. And if 
like if you're really turned off in life and really turned off in the bedroom, yeah. the best thing is that no matter where we start inserting pleasure, yeah, it's both. Like it will start positively affecting both your life in the boardroom and the bedroom, no matter where we're focusing. So the, in some women are so adverse to pleasure, so adverse to feeling good and they don't even know it. Yeah. Right. Like if their partner comes up to touch them, they're like moving away. Like they're not like leaning in and receiving touch, right? Like Mm. we could be so, so turned off that we need to turn it on in baby steps. So for example, we have these pleasure challenges or pleasure prescriptions. Um, And one of them would be lotioning yourself or moisturizing after a shower. For example, this does not need to involve any sexual touching. Nope. It could, if you wanted, but I'm just saying, when is the last time that you took your best, like most expensive lotion and took 15 minutes after a shower to rub it in everywhere, all over your body. Yeah. yeah. So that like, there's so much and you're like going slow and enjoying the feeling, the smell, like the whole experience. The the sensory awakening, right? All the senses coming back online. (laughs) But we don't do that because we're showering and we're answering an email while our toothbrush is in our mouth. Like we're just, you know, kids pulling at our leg, whatever, right? We're go, go, go. And that sympathetic nervous system response when we're on, we're in fight or flight, turns off the pleasure response, the parasympathetic. So taking time to do things like the lotion challenge, like you said. So we have movement is very important. If it's sensual movement, like a pole dancing class or a feminine embodiment, something like that's great. That's bonus points. But even yoga, like anything that's going to like connect us to breath, connect us to our body, that moment motion um, will help. Yeah. Beautiful. Self-pleasure can be many things. Yeah. And if you are like super, super adverse to, um, like masturbating or bringing yourself to orgasm or anything like that, there's other ways that we can start moving the needle, yes. start opening you to receiving pleasure. I love that. And the funny thing is like, yeah. we can't give to anyone else what we haven't given ourselves, right? Like we need to give from So excess. true. So a lot of women are so burnt out. Our cups are empty. Like we got nothing. We got nothing to give. And then we wonder, why are we snippy? Why are we resentful? Why are we exhausted? Yeah. Well, Cause you don't do the lotion challenge. <laughs> Something that I, I find clients really love. I don't know if you've done this before, but I have them look at their calendar with colors and the colors kind of guide based on what I see, how will my energy be every day, right? So as hyper-schedulers, and when we're in the masculine, we're like, do this, go there, do that, say yes, right? And sometimes we look at our days and we're like, 
oh my gosh, by 10 p.m., I'm going to be flat out, right? So by using a calendar with these colors, I say start with one day a week, just one day, and give yourself, you know, that's the day where you're going to take two to three things off that you probably don't need to say yes to and allow your Thursday to be your day where your energy just fills your cup, whatever you do. The lotion challenge, you know, dancing, see a friend, go get a meal that makes you feel really good. Um, Walk chapters, whatever it is to just start easing back into pleasure and feminine, right? And that seems to be a trick that really works is just almost like accounting for how am I going to feel at the end of the day? And kind of like you talked about with the superwoman, it's like, you know what? That's never been part of the conversation. How do I feel at the end of the day? So that's something that um, could be a cool transition to make sure we're getting our women into these, you know, lotion challenges and into the bedroom. Because let's face it, when you come home from walking chapters, a delicious latte and a head massage, you're so much more ready to go deeper in yourself than when you hang up a call, throw a load of laundry and pull the chicken out for tomorrow, right? Exactly. <laughs> we, we do everything you just said. And that sounds like such a delicious day too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the color coding of the calendar yeah. and yeah, doing things with the purpose of pleasure, like of enjoyment. And... And I'm just saying this because there are so many women that can manage a team of 300 and their family and their homes and manage a seven figure business and manage, um, you know, 300 million in company assets or whatever it is like they can do these things. And if you give them that challenge (laughs) to color code their calendar, do things that make them feel good. They are fucking stuck. They're paralyzed. They don't know how to move forward. And this speaks so much to how so many of us, when we're in our comfort zone, we don't want to get out because it's almost like, oh my gosh, Dr. Jordan, what am, what am I going to find when I actually start to turn in? Like what's going to show up, right? So there's something there about trusting that we can return to ourselves in a super safe way and collectively coming together as women who are committed to this goddess energy. And that's why I'm super, um, amazed that you're creating this community and pulling women together and saying, listen, we're only as good as what we surround ourselves with. So if we're hearing the message, you deserve pleasure, you deserve bliss, you deserve fun, like that will saturate ourselves. So um, I highly encourage everyone to check out Dr. Jordan's work. Um, I'm going to put everything in the show notes so you can find her online, um, The Pleasure Collective. Um, Also, she has a podcast, The Pleasure Principles, to kind of keep exploring this juicy topic. Um, And I'm just so curious to know, as our kind of wrap-up question here, other than having amazing sex, what what are the traits that you think makes a woman magnetic? Knowing exactly what she wants. Oh yeah. How to ask for it. Oh damn, that's a good wrap-up line. 
Yeah. Cause that woman that will look out for that woman. No one says yeah. no to that woman. Yeah. People are wired to protect and provide for proper feminine invitation. So oh, when we wow. can unlock that, it doesn't matter. Boardroom marriage that's on life support. It doesn't matter. It's all, everything changes. Wow. That is, that is a good line. <laughs> so yes, I will, I truly encourage everyone to, you know, go check out uh, Dr. Jordan's book. It's called the pink canary, right? Yes. Check out her programs, check out everything she's doing because it's honestly truly hard to find she's really niched in something super special and she's such a wise loving soul so head on over check all her stuff out and did you have any final thoughts i just thank you so much for having me any opportunity that we get to talk about pleasure is uh I just love it because I wish I had this information. So I'm just so grateful for you and your work and the opportunity to share what I do. Thank you so much. It's, um, I think something you said on this podcast that I really connect to with a lot of my clients too, is when something is off in your life, it's going to be off everywhere. Like we are whole beings, right? So whether you're feeling the call to like amp up your sexuality and pleasure or, you know, fine tune your friendships or, you know, tweak your health, like it's all related. So take note and um, just keep trusting that as holistic beings, we will rise as powerful women and know this. I think this is important for women to hear you are not alone. That's something that I really loved from today's podcast. So thank you, Dr. Jordan, sending lots of love and we'll talk soon. (laughs) Okay.